All right. So, can you guys believe we are at, we're sitting now at our very last large group of the semester. I don't know about you guys, but I really don't know where the time went. Actually, last week when I did announcements, and I was like, oh, next week's our last large group. All I was saying that, I was like, what the heck? It's our last large group. Um, But, yeah, for me, uh, really, this season has been very busy for me personally. There's a lot of different things pulling at my attention. And so even when I, you know, sat down, I was like, man, I got to preach at Yonsei. What am I going to teach about? Um, And, you know, for a lot of, some of our stutters, or not a lot, but three of them, this is our last semester, actually, here as a student because they're graduating. So I'm sitting there thinking, what is the last thing I want them to leave with, right? The last, my last words for them as they enter into the working world. Uh, And um, yeah, and also for the students, like what is the last thing I want to say to you guys? Um, And so, yeah, I was kind of mulling over it. And then I think for me personally, I kind of flow best when I speak on something that God is speaking to me personally because it's a personal thing, right? And so I could just speak from that. And so today, more than actually preaching a sermon to you guys, I'm actually going to do more of, uh, I wouldn't say seminar, but I'm going to do more of a teaching tonight for you guys. So if you guys have notes, notebooks or something, or take out your phones, you guys might want to take some notes. And so uh, if that's okay with you and you guys are awake, can you guys say, I'm going to learn something tonight? All right. And so I actually made um, slides because like, I'm trying to, like, uh, engage you guys, because, like, I'm going to be teaching, right? Um, And they're not that nice. It's just, like, white lettering on black slides. But, you know, it's something for you guys to look at. And Sharon and I did not, um, like, coordinate it, and I don't have a cool clicker. And so if we kind of, like, aren't in unity a little bit, just ignore us. Uh, I'll kind of move to the side a little bit. I don't know if this this probably doesn't help much. You guys, okay, you know, I'll just stay here. Uh, (laughs) All right, so tonight I'm going to speak to you guys on a wonderful gift called empathy and the sermon is oh shoot it's a little lower than i expected because this thing is messed up it should be in the middle but it's the sermon title is called empathize just a little all right so that is the title of the sermon today empathize just a little and uh just a disclaimer this is not going to be very long i'm gonna keep it short and sweet i'm gonna try to actually all right so back in the days uh new philly used to have all their leaders take a test that is called Strengths Finders. Strengths Finders test. Who knows about this test? Yep, all the New Philly leaders and Hannah know. Cool. All right. So this test is not a Christian test, and it's not like a personality test, but um, it's like an online assessment that a psychologist named Donald Clifton and a man named Tom Rath and a team of scientists from Gallup. You guys know Gallup? Right, team of scientists, they created this assessment um, to help people uncover what their talents are by identifying their strengths. Okay, And so, um, you know, the idea is that a lot of people, most people devote more time to finding out what their weaknesses are and trying to change the weaknesses into strengths. But these guys are saying, no, I think it's more efficient and it's better if you as if we as human beings kind of find out what are what is our strengths, what are the giftings and talents we have, and to maximize and develop those talents. And that's how we're going to reach our greatest potential. And so even a lot of secular workplaces like Amazon and Zappos, right, big companies, they actually require that their uh, workers, their employees take this assessment to kind of help them know how to like, you know, what are their strengths in the workplace? And so they can apply it as they um, kind of grow 
as a leader in their in the company and so yeah it's kind of like a protocol so a lot of companies like if you guys start working in tag jobs and big companies you might have to take this test so it'd be helpful and I, i encourage you guys to take it it's only i forget how much it costs now but it shouldn't it's not that expensive 10 bucks 10 bucks to take the test and it's actually really fun but okay anyways when i was for a student four years ago i took this test and guess what my number one strength was very smart it's actually empathy empathy was my number one strength um according to strengths finders uh and this is a, i'm gonna read to you the description under the empathy theme i think i have it in the slide it's a lot of uh, yeah there we go i'll read to you guys you can sense the emotions of those around you you can feel what they are feeling as though their feelings are your own intuitively you are able to see the world through their eyes and share their respect uh, their perspective you do not necessarily feel pity for each person's predicament amen this would be sympathy not empathy you do not necessarily condone the choices each person makes but you do understand this instinctive ability to understand is powerful you hear the unvoiced questions you anticipate the need you help people find the right phrases to express their feelings to themselves as well as to others you help them give voice to their emotional life for all these reasons other people are drawn to you so that is the description that i read uh after i took this test and um yeah that is what the empathy strength is according to strengths finders and i do identify with it and i do believe that god created me uh with a certain extra measure of empathy and compassion towards others um that's why my heart is so big on injustice if you guys know me and you knew me like back in the days in high school i was always that social justice like fighting for the poor and you know what i mean and uh i had a really big heart for invisible children i don't know if you guys know what that is it's an ngo and save darfur i was all about that um that's why i have a big burning heart for north korea right my heart burns for north korea when i heard about the injustices happening in north korea my heart just instantly got drawn to that cause um that's also why i have a tattoo on my wrist i don't know if you guys know but i have a tattoo on my wrist that says compassion in hebrew and for me it's to and compassion essentially is uh, empathy in action that's what compassion is is when you act upon your empathy and for me i got this tattoo when i was in like a freshman in college or something like that why because for me i wanted to remind myself every day that whatever i do with my hands i'm going to do it with compassion with a heart of compassion um yeah empathy is a very much essential part of who i am and i really think god created me to have an ability to feel more than an average person um but recently to be very honest it's been very hard for me to exercise and develop my empathy strength to be completely honest i think one reason is because another way that god has wired me is that i'm very goal oriented and i'm like a go-getter i like to get things done and so if you guys notice that that's kind of like fundamentally like it clashes with each other so those two parts of myself are always at war one that's like trying to think of other people but one that's like leave me alone i gotta do my work you know and so that's another way god's wired me so it's kind of uh yeah it's like at war with each other and the best simple example i can give you guys to like, illustrate what this means is like when i'm with a group of people say i'm with a group of people we're walking to the subway station and we're trying to go somewhere and so i'm i'm little mom kapis i'm walking a little faster than everyone else okay so everyone else is back there and i'm like up here and i'm walking and i notice that the subway is coming soon so i walk a little bit faster because i don't want to miss the train but i look back and everyone's still walking really slowly and just talking to each other and so i have this choice the train is here 
I can get on and leave them and be like, screw you guys. You got it too slow. I'm going to go. Or I can stop and wait for them and let the train go by, right? And so I know that's like a really goofy explanation, but that's like the best simple way I could describe like with me where, where like the two parts of me are at war with each other. Because part of me is like, dang, I should wait for them. They're my friends. We're going to go hang out together. But the other part of me is like, dude, the train's here. Like you guys are too slow. You know what I mean? And so I just want to say that most of the times I wait for my friends. Uh, I do. Uh, yes. And so... Um, Yeah, that's kind of one reason why it's been hard for me to exercise my empathy strength lately is because I've been kind of in this working mode. Because I'm in a new season of my life. Being in full-time ministry, it's only been one year. It's actually been exactly one year, almost. In December, it'll be one year. And so for me, kind of getting into this new role is new for me. And so I'm trying to, you know, like learn and get used to it still. And I'm working, working, working. So it's been hard for me to exercise my empathy. But another reason is because, to be quite honest... I've kind of let my heart grow cold. And I'm not actually really making an effort to exercise my empathy and to actually practice my empathy, right? Um, And so, yeah, this is why I kind of wanted to talk about this because even in through recent conversations and in light of kind of the shakings that are happening around the world, a.k.a. America, uh, and all these things and all the mess that's on my Facebook news feed, uh, it's kind of been making me want to speak about this thing that I feel like a lot of people in this world are lacking. I think it's empathy. And for me, um, I wanted to leave this, leave you guys this semester with this teaching. Why? Because I want to not only kind of help you guys understand what empathy is and what it isn't, but also to challenge everyone in this room, not only the students, but even the crew, um, you know, to be better friends, to be better disciplers, to be better disciples, and to be better brothers and sisters to each other. Right? You guys need empathy in order to understand each other and to love each other better. And so I think, and I think everyone can grow in it. And so uh, this is why I want to teach this. And, um, you know, as I'm the first to admit that I'm sucking at having empathy towards others lately, to be really honest. Uh, but, you know, as I'm exhorting you guys to live your life without selfish ambition, I'm trying, I'm saying that I'm committed to do the same here, right? To live my life with empathy. Okay, so let's first look at the definition of what empathy is. According to Merriam-Webster, Empathy is the ability to share someone else's feelings. Very simple. Um, all right, and next, uh, let's look at some statistics. According to a research published online by the University of Michigan, uh, it says that college students self-reported empathy, according to college students, and they reported this themselves, empathy has declined since 1980. So they do studies with college students, And college students have self-reported in this report, in this test, that, uh, yeah, empathy, I'm, I'm kind of lacking in empathy lately. And uh, it's been declining since 1980. So there's a steady decline. In the last 10 years, it's actually dropped a lot. And, uh, and actually, um, students also said that their excessive interest, or, or, or let me reword it, uh, during the same period, students self-reported narcissism has reached a new level, right? What does that mean? This is saying that in the past 10 years, The ability of young people to think about themselves, I mean, think about others over themselves has dropped, right? And all they care about themselves, all they care about is themselves over others, right? That's saying in the last 10 years, um, yeah, their, their ability to share in someone else's feelings is continually declining while their excessive interest in themselves is growing, right? And this is the trend right now amongst young people, people your age, right? So I'm going to let that sink in a little bit, right? And, um, yeah, and that's scary to know that our obsession with ourself 
is greater than the cares for other people around us. Uh, that is hecka scary, and that's also hecka unchristlike, right? And so, um, yeah, I wanted us to kind of look at some factors that contribute to the decline of empathy, okay? One, this culture of extreme individualism, right? Individualism, it's this belief, oh, I can do all things on my own. Yeah, people weigh me down, so I don't need them. It's also this idea of winning, right? Everything in my life is a competition. It's all about me. And uh, I don't know if you guys ever realize that when we try to talk about, pe- talk about to people what we're going through, it ends up being a competition, like a challenge on who is suffering the most, right? I, 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 I think that's kind of a, I, I experienced that. Like you're telling a friend like, yeah, you know, I've been struggling with this and this, man. Like my parents are going through this and, you know, financially I'm going through this. And your friend's like, yeah, but you know, I'm going through this and I'm going, and I'm experiencing this and my parents are even worse situation than this. And like, you know, all these things, it's like kind of this, oh, it's like this competition. Like who is suffering the most, right? Uh, and you know, I, I also think, you know, South Korea in general has a huge problem with this, right? Especially in terms of education, right? Why are studying so stressful here? It's because everything in your classroom is a competition. It's about yourself. It's not kind of about this team classroom dynamic, but it's like, I need to get the highest percentage because I need to beat everyone in my major. That's my goal, right? And, um, yeah, it's not this kind of let's do this together attitude. It's like, oh, let me get mine. Let me get what I, what I need. So forget you, right? And, uh, you know, the pastor from New Philly preached a sermon a few years ago called Life is a Group Project, right? And (laughs) college students, you guys should know, you guys should kind of identify with this because I'm sure a lot of you guys are going through group projects right now. I think it's very apparent in college where, you know, you got to do a project with a bunch of people that, you know, you might not like, very different, right? You're stuck with some people that, you know, you maybe you're the one that, you're that one person that always does all the work, Right? And there's, and there's always that one person in the group that never does any work, right? But they still get the grade that you get, right? You guys, I was shaking their head because you guys know what I'm talking about, right? But, you know, the pastor, she was preaching about how life is a group project. If you guys are sick of group projects right now, oh, you're going to be tired. Because when you graduate, life uh, group projects never end, right? I'm in a group project every day at New Philly when I'm working with my staff. It's a group project, right? And so it's not about yourself. It can't be about yourself. You're always going to be surrounded by people no matter where you go. Right? And so you can't, you can't focus on this individual. It's all about me. It's just me, right? Number two, uh, another reason why, uh, you know, I feel like there's this decline of empathy is people think that emotions equals weakness, right? Like, you know, like people think that, like, especially with guys, right? You can't cry anymore. You can't cry in public because, you know, you're a man. You got to hold it together, right, God? You know what I'm saying? And you're in the video, right? But see, people think that emotions equals weakness. So therefore, uh, because there's this mindset of that, like no one wants to show, you know, how they're doing really. No one wants to be vulnerable with how they're doing, you know? And if you're, if you're not kind of softening your heart and being vulnerable to others, then how are you going to, like, you know, how, do you, how are you going to care about other people when they speak to you about the things that they're going through? You can't empathize with them because you're like, hey, you're being weak right now. Come on, get it together. You know what I'm saying? And last one is social disconnection, right? I feel like nowadays with social media and everyone's on their phones and all the time, virtual interactions far outnumber in-person interactions. And I don't know about you guys, but if we, if we keep going in this trend, uh, we're not going to know how to carry conversations with people anymore. We're not going to know how to interact with people. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I like meet with high school students sometimes, or, or like junior high students, I don't know how to talk to them because... 
They don't want to talk to me. It's like they don't know how to carry a conversation. They don't know how to ask questions. They know how to receive questions. They don't know how to, you know, just like not only just do yes or no, but engage in a natural conversation like a human being. Why? Because they're desensitized to this scrolling constantly, just staring at the phones constantly. You know, and that's kind of what has led to, I feel like, another lack of empathy with people is because they don't know how to talk to each other anymore. They don't know how to genuinely interact with each other anymore. And so I feel like these kind of are some, not all, but just some factors that I've found that I think is a reason why just empathy has been declining uh, in these past years, especially in young people, right? So what does it look like to walk in empathy, okay? Practical things, right? One is don't stop at sympathy, right? Now, I don't know if you guys know the difference between sympathy and empathy. Does anybody know? What is sympathy? No, you don't want to say Mako? Did anyone know? You guys know that there's a difference, right? There's a clear difference, but you guys don't know what it is? Ish? All right, I'll just tell you. Okay, I'll give you a, a vision a vision thing. Image. Ex- uh, yeah, example. Okay, so imagine, okay, imagine a person is walking and they fall into a pit. Okay, they're walking and they fall into a pit. There's a hole in the ground and they fall in there, okay? S- uh, sympathy is... So someone's in the hole, right? Someone's in the hole. Say, Winnie was walking in front of me. She fell into a hole. Okay, sympathy is, I look down into the hole, and I'm like, oh, shoot. That sucks, Winnie. I hope you're okay. That must hurt. Bye. Leaving, right? You're, you're kind of acknowledging, oh, that sucks. Oh, like, okay, you must be hurting. Okay, but I'm going to, I got to go, though. You know? That's sympathy. That's, you're acknowledging that they're there. But that's it, right? You're not really engaging them. What is empathy then? Empathy is if I found a ladder and I climb down in their hole and I, I'm with her. I'm with her. I'm saying, hey, Winnie, I'm here. Are you okay? I'm right here in this pit with you, right? Like, we're going to get out together. All right, Winnie? You, 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 you ready? Are you okay? Okay, <laughs> right? That's, that's empathy, okay? Empathy is actually getting down into the pit and being with them and saying, I'm here with you. I'm hurting too. You must be hurting. This is scary too. We'll go out together, right? That is sympathy, right? Um, That is empathy, my bad. Yeah, that is empathy, right? So you guys, you don't want to stop at sympathy. You guys want to get to empathy, right? The level of I'm there with you. You know, I'm acknowledging that you're, you're there and you're hurting. Number two is slow down and pay attention, okay? So according to the latest neuroscience features, I don't have this on a slide, 98% of people, right, the exceptions include those who have a, a psychopathic tendency, right? And I don't think any of you guys here have psychopathic tendencies, so you guys are part of the 98%, okay? So 98% of people have the ability to empathize wired into their brains. So physically, you guys have the ability to empathize. So I don't know if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'm like naturally just a cold person, and uh, I just, I don't like people very much, so that, like, I can't empathize. No, no, okay? You are naturally wired to be able to empathize with people. That's the way God created you. This is a scientific neuroscience research, okay? So we have an inbuilt capacity for stepping into the shoes of other people. Like, we have that ability as humans to step into the shoes of other people and to and to see life in their, in their eyes, right? Uh, the problem is, is that we uh, that most people don't tap into that potential, the empathetic potential. Why? Because we're too busy and we don't care enough. 
Right? We don't see the need. We're too busy. We don't see the need. You can easily find yourself passing by a harmony, old grandma, that's carrying like a box of tangerines trying to go up the stairs at the subway station when you're in a rush to catch a train. And you know that she needs help, but you're like, I got to go. I'm leaving. But she's like clearly in pain, right? Or it's, it's easy to scroll through your CNN and you see this earthquake has devastated a distant country. And you're like, oh, that sucks. And then, oh, so a new spe- like a pop-up thing comes up. And you're like, oh, like, what's that? And you start talking to your friend, right? It's easy. It's easy to be, find yourself in those little situations. It's so easy to not to make, you know, not to slow down and make the decision to kind of take a moment to empathize, right? Or help that harmony. Take the tangerines up the stairs, you know? Maybe she'll give you one for free. Um, yeah, we're so busy and so distracted all the time that we kind of lack the ability to empathize for just a quick moment. Right? And so I feel like we need to slow down and pay attention. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, a side story is uh, back in the days when I was at KU, uh, when I was a, a crew member at KU, a lot of my students, if you ask my old disi- my disciples, disciples, uh, <laughs> brain fart, uh, they, they all, like, they used to all think that I'm, like, super prophetic because, like, I could kind of, like, ask them the right questions or I'll kind of probe at them and, I, and, you know, I ask them, hey, are you, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, I'm okay. And I just look at them. I'm like, now, how are you doing? And they're like, I'm fine. I, I'm, I'm only going to ask one more time. How are you doing? And they just start, like, bawling, right? And so they think I'm, like, prophetic. Like, they think the Lord is telling me that, like, something's wrong with them. Ask them a question. But to be completely honest, you know what the secret is, guys? I just stop and I slow down and I pay attention to them. Right? I just kind of observe. I notice that something's off. I notice that the past couple of days they've been kind of weird. I notice that they've not been talking much. They're distant. They're not smiling as u- like usual. I know I can pick it up. Something's wrong. So I just go up and ask them, right? It's not that it's not necessarily that I'm prophetic. It's just that I'm I take the time to kind of stop and 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 look at them and notice that something's off, right? So sometimes guys, we just need to slow down and pay attention to people and we'll catch things. We'll be able to connect with them. We'll be able to kind of make their day and ask them how you're doing and be that shoulder for them. Next, uh, you got to make the choice to feel. We don't share the same life experiences. We never will. We can't because we're living different lives. We can never exactly experience the same thing someone else is feeling. But uh, empathy doesn't require surviving the same exact situation as the next person. Empathy just requires the willingness to wear those emotions. That's all it is, right? The way you fall into a pit, that pit that Winnie was in, the way you fall into that or get to that pit, it's going to be different for everyone, but the characteristic of that pit is always going to be the same. It's always going to be lonely. It's always going to be scary. It's always going to be lead to sadness, right? And that's always going to be the same when someone's going through a struggle, and we can all empathize with that. We can all, all agree that we felt that way before, right? So it might not look the same, but the feelings are the same, and that's all that we need to do is to feel those feelings, right? But uh, what blocks empathy is a fear of feeling, right? Some of you guys might be like, if I'm doing perfectly fine, I'm happy and dandy, but this person, the sister next to me is kind of sad and going through a lot. Like, why would I want to feel sad and lonely when I'm like super happy and dandy? Why would I want to go there? But that's exactly what empathy is, right? That's what it is. Why can't you put your selfish like desires aside just to be there with that with your friend right can you just do that for a moment we have the choice but we just choose the easy way out because we don't want to deal with it we don't want to go through that we don't want to hurt like that i don't want to go there i don't want time for that so you can talk to someone else i don't need that right 
Again, this goes back to this individualism thing. It's all about me. Uh, I want to take care of myself. And the defending this growing narcissism, right? Oh, I care about myself. Oh, I care about the way that I look. I care about my life. That's, that's it. That's it. Right? And so the last one is uh, learn to listen and listen to learn. And I think this is the biggest thing I want to leave you guys with is learn to listen and listen to learn. And the reason why I, I, I kind of started thinking about empathy a lot is um, with the, you, you know, with elections, okay? Trump won. Trump is president. And I don't know if you guys saw, if you guys have friends in America or um, friends that are American and you just logged on to Facebook for like the week after elections, it was bad. There's just a lot. And I think it's still going on. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of disagreement. There's a lot of pointing fingers. There's a lot of this and that. And, uh, you know, then you Philly staff, we got together and we, we met up together and we talked about it. And I think for a lot of us, what made us the most grieved was the lack of empathy that we felt the people had towards each other. You know, you know what we saw on newsfeed and what was there was just people just trying to get their point across. This is what I believe. This is how I feel. And if anyone else disagrees with me, like you're my enemy, you know, I don't want to listen to you. This is my point. This is what I believe. This is how I feel. This is why it makes me upset. And when someone else wrote back, they're not willing to listen. They just want to say what they want to say. That's a lack of empathy. Because all, I think what we need to learn to do is to learn to listen and listen to learn, right? All it took was, hey, you're different from me, and I don't actually agree with everything that you say, but I want to I wanna know why you believe what you believe. I want to know why you feel what you, f- you feel. I want to know why you're celebrating when I'm mourning, right? And exactly, I want to know why you're mourning when I'm celebrating, right? There was none of that. It was just fighting and choosing, like, sides, and this is what I believe, and you're wrong, and this is wrong, right? And so, um, yeah, we, when we're like that, we just have one agenda and one agenda only. And that's only to make our point. But if you have empathy, you're always willing to listen and you're always willing to learn from them. And so that's something that I kind of picked up from that. And I wanted to speak to you guys about that. Because, you know, in life, even with the elections, even with other things in the future, when you guys face uh, an issue that's two-sided or something like that, you guys are going to be you know, in a position where you guys choose to empathize and choose to listen and learn or choose to just, it's all about you and what you believe and how you feel. And so, um, yeah, even with that, even with different issues that rise up, right, hot topic issues, uh, you may have a strong stance on one side while others have a strong stance on another. But, you know, it's not about just getting your point across and kind of get everyone and persuade them to under, like to, to agree with you. But more than anything, hey, I want you to learn what I believe and how I feel. And I want to learn what you feel and what you believe. Right? And so this is called empathy. This is called learning to kind of understand the other person, to step into their shoes and feel what they're feeling. Right? And so if you guys missed everything that I said up to now, then at least listen to this, okay? So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. Okay, well, now we're going to go into the word. This is NIV. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne with grace, throne of grace with confidence, so that we may have mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. 
Okay, and I'm going to read you guys Eugene Peterson's The Message Version because I like The Message Version because I can understand it better. You guys can too. All right. Now we know that we have Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God. Let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he's ready, so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. Okay? So at the end of the day, Jesus is the ultimate example of walking out in empathy. Right? He added to Jesus, you know, he is, he's God, he's God's son. But he added humanity to his deity. Is that the right way to say it? Deity. <laughs> deity, okay? He added humanity to his deity. Right? He didn't just come to earth as God, detached, right? Up, you know, up there. You know, up on the stage while you guys are there. He didn't, he didn't stay detached. But he came down, right? And he felt everything that we felt. He experienced everything that we experienced. Right? He went through a lot of temptations. Uh, a lot of hardships. A lot of uh, persecution. Uh, and he lived among us, living and suffering as a human, right? Like us. And so, can you guys imagine what it would be like if Jesus only, uh, he was only sympathetic, right? He didn't have empathy, and he lacked the ability to empathize with others. If Jesus, you know, doing ministry, he's walking around and he's just saying, oh, that sucks, you're, you're lame. Oh, that sucks, you're blind. Oh, you know, like, I feel for you. That's, that's, you know, that's not who Jesus was. He's a very empathetic uh, uh, God. He's a very empathetic uh, man, right? And if he was any different, if he was only sympathetic, we would not have the Bible. We would ha- not have many stories in the Bible. Actually, I don't even think we'd be here, right? Right? And uh, and this is what Barclay, he's a, he's a famous commentary, a uh, Bible commenter. And he wrote, he came as a man. He came seeing things with men's eyes, feeling things with men's feelings, thinking things with men's minds. God knows what life is like because God came right inside life. Jesus Christ is not remote, detached, and disinterested, nor insulated and isolated from our lives. He knows our frame. He knows that we are but dust. He can see us in reflection of what he experienced as a man. He can thus extend mercy to us, completely understanding what we are going through. And so Jesus, he he lived his life, you know, full of empathy. And that's why he was able to do the ministry that he did. And because of Jesus, because of his empathy towards us, we are here, right? We were saved when we were far off, when we don't deserve it. But he extended that empathy to us, right? And 1 John 2, 6 says that whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Right, the message version says, anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live the same kind of life that Jesus lived. Right? And so this is all that I want to say to you guys today is, you know, as Jesus extended his mercy, his compassion, his empathy towards us, we ought to live our lives extending that same mercy, compassion, empathy towards others. And so for me, that's something, that's a strength that God has created me to have. And uh, I think that's, the only reason why I was able to do ministry for all these years, to be able to pray for people, to be able to engage God's heart and walk with other students, to walk with my family, to walk with my friends. And, um, you know, and I think, yeah, I've been noticing that there's just been a lack of empathy everywhere around me, a lot of assumptions and misunderstandings. And I think for me, uh, for you students, I really want to encourage you guys to walk out, you know, it, with, with a heart of empathy. Live your life with a heart of empathy. Always you know, strive to understand the people around you. 
to understand, not to be so quick to judge. And so uh, that's it. But also I want to end tonight with a lot of time of prayer, okay? Uh, because I think the most, you know, I was like, what am I, what should we pray about God though? What should, how should we end this time of ministry? And rather than me calling up students and praying for you, those that need a fresh grace of empathy in your life, I just want to take some time for you guys to, to actually empathize with each other. To end this semester with us praying for one another and actually asking each other, how are you doing? Asking each other, hey, what are some areas in your life that you need prayer for? What are some things that are hard? And I want you guys to be kind of real with each other. As much as you want to be uh, there and empathize with this other person, they want to do that for you too. So I want to give you guys that time to actually put empathy into action right here. And as it's our last large group, I wanted to end it with the time of us praying for each other. Okay, so I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come and to just play some background music for us. And I'm literally just going to give you guys space to pair up with whoever. You can ask Holy Spirit, God, who do you want, who are you highlighting to me? Who do you want me to pray for? And I want you guys to exercise this muscle called empathy and just pray for one another, right? And so I'm going to give you guys time. You, you know, if you're shy, you can, you can pair up with a friend, but if you're bold and you feel like the Holy Spirit really wants, is calling you to exercise this, then I want to encourage you guys to just ask Holy Spirit, God, who are you highlighting to me and who do you want me to pray for? And just talk to each other and listen to each other and right? learn to listen. And I just pray for one another. And that's how I want to end this semester. And so I'm going to give you guys that space to do that.